What's going on everybody, it's your boy Fab, Freddy Fox, America's Big Brother, and we back with another episode of the Saturday Night Sit Down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Fab, Freddy Fox, America's Big Brother. And today, I got the honor and pleasure of sitting down with Brandon Godoris. How you doing, my man? I'm doing pretty good. Appreciate you having me on today. Nah, man, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I Now, I am um, seen the episode that you've done with uh, <clears throat> with Dylan and got to see a little bit of your background and got to see, you know, so much about you. So, you're an author, motivational speaker, and stuff like that. And got so much going on. So, of course, I was like, you know, I got to get this man on my show and have some conversation with him. Absolutely. So so thank you so much, man. So uh, as I explained to everybody and all my guests get on to this show, so the whole purpose of really this is really trying to help other individuals find a way into manhood or find a way into adulthood. And, and as we all struggle with all different trials and tribulations and stuff, and a lot of times we feel alone. Um, and hopefully, again, that's why speaking to so many different people of different backgrounds to connect with so many different people that you know, like, you're not alone, man. Everybody goes through problems. Everybody goes through issues. And if we can stick together, speak comfortably, and, and just be open, you know, we can make it a little bit easier for everybody else. You know what I mean? It's funny because I was I was thinking about that concept. There's a quote from Kobe Bryant. It says, you can do some phenomenal things on your own, but they will never reach their full potential until you can learn how to do them collectively. Mm. And I feel like so many people get stuck. So many people get confused because they choose to go through things alone. Right. But then you got people like Freddie who's like, okay, you don't have to go through it alone. And if we can get more people like you in the world, that's that's what's going to change the world over time. You know, because everyone wants to, the trick to change the world. But, but it's that. It's more plus ones in your life. It's more Freddie Foxes. It's more people who want to support you, who want to grow with you. Yeah, no, and it's it's so crazy that you said that because that's something that I, for, for the longest is, I've always said to myself, and not to be like sound conceited to my own horn, but I was like, I know that I'm very special, you know what I mean? I'm very unique, and I want to create more people like me to change the world, you know? If people were more open-minded and more communicative and, and more just unified, we'd be able to do so, so much more in this world. You know, I mean, it, it, like I, I'm a strong believer in, in the saying, it takes a village. You know, it takes a village to do uh, so many different things to touch the life of kids and to, ch- to to make change in general, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they say uh, a parachute works its best when it's open. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, with, with more open minds who are willing to listen, uh, who are willing to believe in themselves, uh, some incredible things can happen in this world and are happening into this, this absolutely. world with the people who are doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. So again, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. So let's get started. As I ask everybody, you know, the very first question to everyone is for you, what do you believe are some of the main qualities or characteristics it takes to be a good person or a good man in this world? Authenticity is number one. That's, that's the, the biggest thing I see between the people who are successful and stay successful is being authentic. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what about you? What's, I mean, I, I'm huge on love um, and, just, and just being caring. You know, that's, that's the, the, the biggest thing that I teach my daughter and my son. You know, he's, he's three, he's trying to get the concept of my daughter, I feel, really has it down is to really be loving and caring to people. Um, you know, perfect example, like I, I just got back from Arizona, right? And um, 
we bought a couple of trinkets for my for for my mom, my sister, and I got a little uh, um, a keychain for my niece. Okay. So I had my daughter handing them out and stuff, and um, she gave it to my to her cousin my, uh, Mia, and um, we had an, uh, my cousin from Michigan was over visiting, and his daughter there was Evane. And, um, you know, my daughter gives it to me, and then she kind of comes over to me. She pulls me to the side. She's like, Daddy, what's wrong, baby? She's like, do we have another one for, for um, what's your name again? It's like, Evane, for Evane, Daddy? We didn't get one for Evane. I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, baby. We, you know, we didn't have one, but we got our chicken nuggets and stuff like that. You know, she's so conscious of everybody else, and that really makes me feel like I'm do- accomplishing something. You know, I know I'm not going to be... This whole COVID thing got me to be a, a teacher, you know, and teaching her math and reading stuff like that really isn't my forte. I'm not designed to that. Yeah. But I'm doing a very great job at teaching her how to be a great person, and that's what I want to teach her. You know, so I feel that love and, and, and being caring is, is huge in and, and that aspect. But also, like you said, too, authenticity is, is huge because it comes from a good place from her, and it has to be real and genuine. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I, I take pride in myself in doing this. Like, I genuinely care about people's ideas, their feelings, their backgrounds, and I generally want to learn and understand that. And you can see that from, like you said, the people who are successful. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, a huge person who I'm a huge fan of is Rob Deerdick. Oh, okay, cool. You know, I mean, yeah. and he's so authentic. He's yeah. so him. He's so real. You know, there's nothing that uh, the person or act that he's putting on, he's just Rob being Rob. You know, and also, you know, like Adam Sandler, you know, Adam Sandler is huge. He's he's you see him in, in sweatpants and a dirty T-shirt, you know, rag T-shirt and some, you know, rundown sneakers. Yeah. And that's it. And even though he's worth millions, you know, so being authentic is huge because people can see that and they know nobody likes to be manipulated. You know, and people have gotten a lot better um, at, 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 you know, seeing the bullshit. I mean, is the best way I can say it, you know, what I mean, and understanding that and really. Being authentic is a huge thing, so I appreciate you you, you mentioning that, you know. Um, and also, I think, like I said, being part of a good person and really having a strong and, and important morals that we stick behind. So for you, what are some of your most important morals or things that you live by on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so I go back to kind of this book, uh, the, the Care Principle, and kind of like what you said, if you can just care a little bit more, um, you're going to create good people. You're going to create people who are going to help others. You're going to be that person who helps others. So, um, you know, the morals I try and live by is the the word care and what is caring. I think it's just a warm heart. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I came up with a company called Warm Heart Life. And literally the first year that that company was going, what I did was just said the core values <laughs> which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I broke the core values down into one word, which was care. And then I broke it down into four words, which was create opportunities, active lifestyle, respect is earned, and then excel forward. And then I had three sub core values off of those four. And, uh, but it all boils down into, you know, a, a warm heart. So I, I feel like that that's the biggest thing. If, if, you know, being a warm heart, that's what I try and portray to the world. And, and a warm heart does not mean um, you can't go out and hang out with your friends. A warm heart doesn't, you know, a warm heart is just a person who is a positive influence on the other people, to, like on other people around. <laughs> that's it. It's that yeah, simple. Yeah, no, that, that, that's huge. And I know you said that you're breaking it down with the subcategories, but please let's just, just let us know about that. Or what those are. Yeah. So I was, I was really, really, really thinking hard about, personal development, because it's something that had changed my life. And, 
actually turning it into a business. And I heard one of these, this guy, Andy Frisilla, might as well say the name. (laughs) I heard him speak and he said something that really changed my daily life. He gave me something I could do every day that could make me that 1% better that people talk about or whatever, a percentage better. And um, so I went to his event probably four or five months later and he said, people pay me hundreds of thousands of dollars to evaluate their businesses, to help their businesses, whatever it is. And I say the same thing every time. You just got to care a little bit more (laughs) about your business, about your clients, about your employees, all of that. I was like, you know what? That's it. If I can figure out what he meant by that, I think I can create a company that can help everybody in this world. So that that's how I started thinking about like what does care actually mean, and that's how I started breaking it down. And when I started breaking it down, um, this is something that I talk about all the time that hopefully people know me for is when you want to figure something out, go to the best in the world. So I wanted to figure out how to break down the best core values in the world for this idea behind Warm Heart Life. So I studied Walmart, I studied Amazon, I studied Starbucks, Pandora Jewelers, and I just started breaking down what care actually meant. And uh, I ended up coming up with a, a whole book <laughs> to know, figure that out. And, and it's crazy that you say that, too, because um, I... When companies care, genuinely care, you know that. Um, back in uh, 2019, right, I um, I started working for this pool company, Glengate Pools, in um, in Wilton. And um, when I got to the to the interview with two of the guys there, um, it let me back up a little bit because I, they were actually there at my at, my, at um I was at going to NCC and they had like this um, job fest or whatever, and um, I met this pool company. And me, I've always loved cleaning pools. It's just been something something that's so amazing about it that I enjoy doing. And I seen this pool company there, and I went to their table and stuff, and they were very chill and very relaxed, and I felt very comfortable immediately. Yep. Um, you know, so I was like, let me let me go in there and try to apply. And um, then I went for the interview, and I sat down with two of the um, two of the managers there, um, and I got back home from their meeting, and I was like, babe, like it's such a family, you know? I mean, it was such a family environment, it's family feel. Like seeing how they interacted with each other, they were very helping and stuff, and very caring. Um, and I was like, you know, I want to work there. So I got the job there, and my wife was nine months pregnant with our son. Um, and I was working for the company, and like two weeks in, you know, she goes into labor. And I'm on the job site, and they called me up, and I'm rushing back to the hospital. Um, and then a couple weeks later in the mail from the company, I get a blanket with my son's name engraved on it with his date of birth and his time and stuff like that. And also this um, this toy elephant that plays peekaboo that he still has to this day. And I was like, oh, my God, like, how thoughtful is that? How much they didn't have to go out of their trouble. It was a very small company. And, like, I won't work for them for four months. I think it was from five months, from uh, April to September. But I told them, if I ever go work for a pool company, it would be them. I will never work for any other company, any other pool company. I even was, like, working one time and um, another pool company, one of the managers there, the owner, seen me. He's like, oh, you want to come work for me? I'm like, no. Like, I don't even care what you have to offer. No, I don't. You know what I mean? Because these people, they care about me so much. Yep. And they made me feel valued and important that they've gained my loyalty forever. And like I said, I, I've never felt that with any other company that I've worked for. And I was only with them for five months. And it's about, like you said, just caring a little bit more about your employees. That's it. 
You know, it goes such a long way. And that's, like I said, I think one of my core things that I teach my daughters, like just care about people, genuinely care and love and be their affection. And you would go so much um, because it's that too. Like I, growing up, my, my, my idols and the people that I looked for were Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, and Mother Teresa. And these people just cared and loved people. Really? Those like, are my, uh, <laughs> I, write, I think I write about them in both or one of these books. Wow. All three of those. Yeah. yeah and, and I just loved everything they stood for. And, and you said like I, Mother Teresa could go anywhere in this world and get whatever she wanted because she cared and loved people and really wanted the best for everybody. Same with the others, you know what I mean? With it, with this huge. Um, so, so bringing down the book, like, I mean, like I said, with the, with the whole care principle and stuff like that, was it just like you studied them and you broke it down and really laid it out or how, how was the, the book go for you? So, the care principle, that was kind of, I had just finished my first book, which was in in the golf fitness world. And the whole time I was finishing, any anyone who's written a book can relate. Like, it just takes longer than you think mm-hmm. once it's actually done. <laughs> you got to get the editor. You got to review it. You got to make the edits again. You know, all that stuff. You got to upload it. You got to get it approved. And uh, so for like three months, I was just craving to start writing a personal development book. And but I didn't know how, but I knew it was possible just because I had just published a book. So I sat down with my mentor and uh, we talked on the phone and he just helped me talk out all the points that I wanted to hit on in the book. And that got me started. And uh, so my mentor wrote about, I think, like 12 books. Wow. And so I learned to write um, from this book. Like I, this book, The Care Principle, I kind of tell people, like, I don't expect it to sell a lot, but that's like my baby. Like that, like helped me figure things out. Like it helped me figure out. I, w- I had wondered why I had success at such a young age and how I could get it to other people. Like I was so curious. I'm like, I know this stuff works. I know this stuff works. I know this stuff works but how can you get other people to apply it to their life? You know, because, because I mean, my life changed when I was 20 and I learned this simple concept from a mentor, which was you need to write down the top 10 people in your field of interest or something that interests you and then go learn from all 10 of those people. And what happened is I started doing that and I started learning life lesson after life lesson after life lesson after life lesson. And I was like, wow, I didn't learn this in high school. And I, I'm in college as I started to learn this process. I was like, wow, they're not teaching me this in college. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, so I just kind of started putting stuff together. Like the care principle, it's, I think, 82 short stories. And all it's meant is that you read the title and you read the story, but you relate the title to your life. The story's just there to help you think about how you can relate that concept to your life. Like, I knew the first two, whatever you want to call it, stories in that book, they, they were worth the whole price of the book, and they can impact hundreds and hundreds of lives. Maybe not through the book, but through things like this, through talking it out. And, and the first, because... My mentor told me, he said, you know, funny thing is when you write a book, you know, one or two years later, you want to change like half the stuff in there. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, let me at least have something in there that I know can last a lifetime. Right. And uh, the first story in that book is how do you get whatever you want? 
Like, how, how would you get whatever you want? What would you say? Um, get whatever I want. I think number one, it goes down to that just being caring, genuine, um, you know, and just really having a clear vision. Just understanding what it is and then going forward. Like I was saying to somebody last week is that um, if you really want something, create that plan A and there's no plan B because then you have no choice but to make that plan work. You know, and you, and you figure things going out. And I've seen that so much in my life is just, if I really know what I want to have that clear vision, I don't need to know the path. I don't need to know everything that goes because it'll come to me and fall in line mm-hmm. as a far thing. Like even with this show, like this whole podcast, like I knew that I want to do a podcast. I just didn't know what I wanted, but I had that. I was like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And the concept came to me. The name came to me, you know, the whole person and everything just started slowly coming in because I kept that clear vision. So that's how I would really tell anybody from my experience how to get what you want, you know, be genuine, loving and have just a clear vision and just go for it. Just move, move. Yeah. Yeah, and how do you figure out the stuff along the way? It goes to what you were saying earlier by you can't do stuff alone. Like, how do you figure stuff out along the way? I generally, like you said, like just learning from people, but I, I'm so engaged with so many things, and I just like to learn um, and, and, and trial and error as well. You know, learning mm-hmm. from other people's mistakes and trial and error. I was reading a personal health book, um, and it says, you know, although it's, it's great to learn from your own mistakes. It's better to learn from the mistakes of others. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, the, the Bible says, um, it says, ask and you shall receive. And that's it. That's how you get whatever you want. You start asking. <laughs> you, know, you start asking yourself, like, hey, what do I really want? You start asking people, like, how do I get this? Hey, this is what I want. Like, like. Just a couple days ago, I'm like, man, I really want to interview Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. But I'm like, I don't know how to do it. But like you were saying, I don't let that stop me. I start asking people. (laughs) And then someone the other day is like, hey, you know, my dad used to serve them at this restaurant. Hey, you know what? I actually did the plumbing at their house. I can't tell you where, but, you know, you know, that that's how small of a world this is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so. If I do end up interviewing them, it's just because I'm just going to ask people. Like, well, you will. You like, will. As like you said. How do I do this? <laughs> Not and, if, you will. And and if I don't, it's probably going to lead to something even better. You know, and, and that's what I think is one of the coolest things. So, and that that's the first story in that, that whole book. I was like, man, that could change thousands and thousands of lives because so many people, like we were talking about earlier, try and do things on their own. They try and uh, um, hold everything in and... I'm not saying you have to see a therapist or all that, but all, all I'm saying is if you start like asking people like, Hey, I'm not in the mental state I need to be in right now to succeed in life. Okay. Well, why don't you start asking people who are in a good mental state? Why don't you start studying Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan? Like what did they do to get in that state? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you start finding answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you can't be afraid to ask either, you know, um, for anything. Um, and just go out because what the worst thing they can say is no, but at least you don't have to wonder what if. And it was like a big, um, you know, these last couple of months and, and, and stuff, and I was looking for work in different places to go. And, and you know, I was always just like, I guess, kind of doubting myself. And um, just recently um, I had a uh, – getting back to my own company with cable vision and stuff. And I was like, you know, let me go in there. And I was kind of hesitant to ask for a certain amount. You know what I mean? Like for the closing thing, I was like, 
the worst they're gonna say is no, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I went out there and I asked. I told him like, here's my price. This is what it's gonna cost to get me to work for you guys. And I like, all right, cool, done. I'm like, what? What? Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, I want to be startled, but I was like, wow, you know. And then I seen that more when I told, you know, my mom and my sister, you know, what I was gonna be making, how shocked they were, is because. Unfortunately, they didn't think that was possible. They don't think like, you know, they have a different kind of mindset, you know, but I've been able to grow and develop and asking and then trying to learn from different people on what the possibilities are. And that's why I've seen myself get so much further ahead than other people would think because they don't have that same mentality. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, anyone who's watching this podcast, if you want to get a raise, all you have to do is ask your boss, your supervisor, hey, You've done a lot for me. I really appreciate this opportunity that you've given me. Just curious. I'm trying to grow as the company grows. What would need to happen for me to get a raise? That's it. Then you know. Yeah, right. (laughs) And and if you feel like you deserve a raise, you can do exactly what you just said. (laughs) You you just say, hey, like, this is, is, you know, what I would do it for. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and 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 just in so much that I've done, like doing the t-shirt thing, like starting my own t-shirt business, and all these things, like and all these, and that's one of the things where I've gotten more confident in that aspect because I'm running my own business, and I'm setting my own prices, and people are paying them, and it's just boosting my own confidence of what I'm able and capable of doing and stuff, you know. So it's just being confident and just asking it, and, and you know, speaking up. You know, it's one of the things that I that I've struggled with growing up. Um, now I know a lot of these things too is like a reason why I do this show as well too is I know that a lot of People may or may not have strong role models in their lives or mentors or people that they can guide to and stuff like that, and whether they have a good or bad relationship with their parents or their dad. So for you, what was your relationship with your dad like? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Uh, as far as, like, growing up, what it's like currently? Yeah, like, just growing up and, and where you are now. I mean, I don't know if dynamics may have changed and stuff like that, but, you know, your whole relationship overall, how would you state that or put that or classify that? Yeah, my first remembrance really of my dad and like uh, work ethic was I remember he would drop me off at preschool. He would drop me off at preschool and then he would go to college to get his master's degree because he hated what he did so much that he decided to switch careers in his mid-30s despite having three kids. That's a bold move. And uh, so... That was one of my first memories of my dad was him dropping me off to daycare preschool for him to go to 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 pursue a new career where he left everything. And um, he's still doing that career today, the one that he was going back to school with, and he loves it, and he's very passionate about it. So my relationship with my dad was uh, we, we would talk a lot about that type of stuff you know, because that's what he was so passionate about. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff with relationships that we didn't talk about as much that we do talk about more now um, and probably will mo- a little bit more in the future. But um, that's kind of kind of what it was like, and that's really, really the first memory. You know, he's kind of been a guy that I've always been able to, like, talk things out with. You know, maybe I don't always agree, um, but know that that's part of parenthood i feel like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's huge that you have that too because i know a lot of like again my friends are there as weren't in their picture for one reason or another but it's important to be able to have someone you can just talk to mm-hmm. you know and be able to speak your mind and, and be open with it and really have that 
that sense of, of safety, you know, and someone you can trust who loves you is going to guide you the best. And even if you don't agree, know that you don't agree and still be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great too. Like, I think that's an also a very important thing that your dad has taught you, you know, at such an early age, because it's never too late to make a change. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do whatever you want to do and, and it's never too late for anything. Like your dad made a career change, a huge career change in his mid thirties with three kids. You know, when a lot of people say yeah. like, no, stick with what you have because it's reliable. You know what I mean? If you hate it, just stay there. It's paying the bills, you know, and really leave you in a life of misery. Yeah. You know, cause you're stuck doing something you don't want to do. Um, and, and I got that from my mom too. My mom came here, um, and she didn't, uh, she didn't graduate high school. Um, but she came here and one of those, the huge things that I seen that was, she was going to night school at Rye Tech and she would take me with her. Um, and you know, I, while she was in class, the janitor would watch me from the school, you know, and it was, it was great because it was one time she went there and she was just so stressed out and crying because my dad wasn't, you know, he wasn't into watching the kids, you know I mean? So it wasn't his thing or whatever. And, and, and have a responsibility and she didn't know what to do. And then the, the, the janitor was like, Hey, I'll watch your kid for you. You know, you're going to leave him here with me while you go to class, do what you got to do. And then at the end, just pick him up and go home. And every day she would go to night school. He'd be waiting at the front door to take me with him. And I'd go to the gym and stuff like that. And I got to see my mom go through that stuff. And, and I, and when I went to, I was going to college too, um, you know, last couple of years. Um, and that was a motivation because I wanted to see my, my kids see that it's possible to do it at any point. And I also remember seeing this mom there that would go with her two kids and they would sit outside the classroom and wait for their mom. And I told them one time, I was like, you're setting a really good example for your kids. You have no idea how positive an influence this is. I know it's a struggle now, but you'll see how much it's going to benefit them in the future because that's exactly what happened to me. You know, so it's so, such a wonderful thing that you had your dad have those conversations, do those things for you. Um, and growing up now and seeing that, I mean, what do you think was the biggest lesson that you learned from your dad, you know, that, that you apply to now or that you use or your biggest lesson that you have from him? Definitely to be passionate about what you're doing. Um, it, it sounds so typical, but he he's had a good amount of success in his second career. But what a lot of people don't see is, you know, the Friday and Saturday nights when he was sitting downstairs in the basement studying for years, years, years. I mean, like, I'm not talking like, I'm talking like when I was, in college, when I was graduated with college, he was still studying, wow. grinding, and uh, so I really learned that you got. It's very important to be passionate about what you do if you want to be regarded as one of the best. So, absolutely, like they always say, I know it's so cliche, but love what you do, and you never work a day in your life. You know, yeah. and really just go with that, and and. It's like, like you said, like these short stories that you wrote in the book and these things that I, that I've talked to all the time and I've actually been doing like little stories on my reels and stuff. But one of them that I haven't done yet, but I want to do is, um, uh, you know, this woman comes out and she sees three old men sitting in a front yard and she wants to invite them in. And they say, you know, we don't go anywhere together. You have to invite only one of us in say, because that's wealth, that's success and I'm love. So discuss with your family. Who do you want us to come into your house? She goes inside and she's talking with her husband and he says, you know, let's, let's invite, invite in wealth. She said, well, why don't we invite in success? And they're debating back and forth. And then their kid comes out and says, you know, why don't we invite love? And love will fill the house. And I was like, all right, let, let's just do that. So they go outside and says, which one of you is love? We want you to come in. So love stands up and he starts walking. And then the other two get up and follow behind them. And they're like, well, I thought, you know, you guys don't go anywhere together. It's like, well, you see, you chose love. 
and wherever there's love, you'll find success and wealth. You know, so I was like, man, you know, so just really, that's why I just started loving this. You know what I mean? Like, I know I'm just starting and I'm starting to grind and stuff like that, but I love what I'm doing right now. I know everything is going to come eventually and I, and I'm not worried about that right now. I just want to love what I'm doing, have the fun, enjoy the process and see where it takes me because you never know. I respect that a lot. <laughs> thank you, I, thank so you. it's uh, it's conversations like this where I really look forward to to talking a year or two later and just like seeing where both of us are at. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I know I I know it's going to be far, and I just again just staying passionate, like you said, in what you're doing and going. I feel like I'm a natural at what I'm doing. I love it, and, and it's just, just so much fun, you know. And we'll see where it goes. Uh, now, now, I know that like you said this is um, one of two of the three of the books that you have so far, right? The first one was uh, about golf and, and fitness and stuff. Now, did you play golf and stuff like that? Is that how you got into that, or how did we get involved with that? Yeah, I played golf. I think I started at, like, 10 years old. Um, my dad actually wouldn't let me go to the course for a while. He said, you're not ready. So we would go to the range because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not the easiest thing taking a kid to the course, you know. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, so I started going to the range probably, like, 10 and I, I was just frustrated because, like, you know, I was small growing up, but I felt like I was athletic. So, you know, sitting on the bench on basketball and baseball is not the funnest thing, especially when you feel like you should be playing. Right, right. Whether that was the case or not, I don't know. <laughs> so then I started playing golf. I was like, oh, well, I'm in control of this. <laughs> so for me, it was just a really, really fun challenge. And, and I played it. I played it all throughout college went to school to be a golf professional, but I had known that the fitness side was something that interests me even before going to college. So, uh, kind of, I kind of made my own degree in college. <laughs> nice. Nice. And, and when golf, I don't like a lot of things in, in sports and these things in general, like teaches us a lot about life, you know, so playing golf and going through all that, what is something that you learned from golf about life? Ooh, that's a good question. So I've I've worked at a lot of golf courses. So what I went to school with, I would do an internship every summer. And the main thing I learned from working at a golf course, um, can I tell a story about what yeah, I learned? Yeah, or yeah, is it like a concept? Bad, yeah. Uh, the, the main thing I've ever learned from golf in general was actually working at a golf course. It had nothing to do with me actually playing golf. Um, I think I was 20 years old, and I was working at a golf course in Cape Cod. And, man, this is, brings back good memories. <laughs> I was, uh, I was my, my, my boss at the time for the outside services, he said, hey, can you go out to the first green? There's a group that needs some drinks. So I go out to the first, first green, and I bring them the drinks that they wanted. The guy gives me 100 bucks, and he says, split that with Ken. Um, I owe him some money because – Ken is like a guy who really, really took care of the members there. Like right. everybody loved him there. Like, and so it was just, it was a tip. It was a hundred dollar tip. I was like, whoa. <laughs> he said, split it with Ken. So um, I split it with Ken. I said, hey, here's $50. He's like, you did not have to do that. Like you really didn't have to do that. I was like, oh, he said to give it to you. I just thought that was what I was supposed to do. And uh, so later that day, um, at the end of the night, Ken comes back. 
and he gives me like another 20 or 50 bucks. He said, blah, 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 tipped me again. Um, and I just wanted to pay back the favor and give you half. And uh, so out of all the things I've done from playing golf to working in the golf business, that was the biggest thing I learned was when you do the right things, the right things tend to follow. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll tell you a story of the opposite. There was one time in the golf business where – I was interning at a golf course and I had a member who um, I built a lot of trust with and she was like, hey, my significant other, I want to get him a present for his birthday. Can you, can I buy him a lesson with you? I I wasn't technically supposed to give lessons at the time. And uh, I was kind of like, didn't know what to say. I was like, oh yeah, sure you can, but we can definitely do that for uh, a present for him. We can book a lesson and my boss was in the back room and he said he said hey Brandon what did you just do <laughs> I said Mrs. blah 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 wanted to book a lesson with me for her significant other and he says Brandon you know you're not supposed to give lessons I'm like yeah I wasn't sure how to handle that situation <laughs> he's like uh Brandon uh I think you need to 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 solve that situation <laughs> he's like I'm not gonna call her back so um, I called her back that day, and I, I really learned a big lesson about, like, hey, like, you can make mistakes, but what you do after that mistake is what's going to be what defines you. Right. And uh, so that, that, there was multiple times that summer where that was the first boss I ever had. And I was 22. I did a lot of internships up to that point who really taught me that it's okay to make mistakes, but you better you better do something after that mistake to make up for it, even if you can't make up for it. Um, so so that those are some of the things I learned in the in the golf business. Um, and then in, in golf in general, you you really learn how, how to treat people. You learn you learn etiquette, you you learn a lot of different stuff like that. Um, but yeah. And I think like you said that in your first story that goes a lot to say about you and, and just being authentic too, you know what I mean? Like you didn't have to do that, but that's what he said, you know what I mean? And it's just in you to do the right thing. Um, because that's who you are. And that, that's happened to me a lot of different times too where, you know, I, I, I could benefit from something for doing the wrong thing, but I just know it's going to eat at me, you know? And if I don't, it's like, you know, I just, I got to come clean and just do what's right because that's just who I am, you know? Like otherwise... I'd be lying to myself and living to a lie, and, and so much worse comes after that, you know, when you're not being truthful. Yeah, and, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not perfect. Like, I've, I've made plenty of mistakes in life just like uh, probably almost everybody has. But I always try and go into it with that mindset. You know, okay, you know, what can I do? What, can, what, what should I do? What should I do? Okay, now... With that said, just try and do the right thing. <laughs> you know, if you can do that 98% of the time, you're probably going to do a lot of good. It's it's hard to be perfect all the time. But, you know, if you if you can be it most of the time, you're probably going to lead to a lot of good things. Yeah, no, and just, just have good intentions and, you know, the, the right thing will happen and, you know, everything will pay off in, in the right way, you know. Um now, going into it, I know you said, like, I don't know if, if the care principle was before or after the warm life thing. Like, how did that, how do those two tie in again? 
Yeah, so in 2018, so a little bit about my background um, before the personal development business and and what I still do a lot of now is I'm a golf fitness trainer. So I train people in the gym to play better golf. So what does that mean? Basically, I'm a personal trainer that trains golfers. (laughs) Okay, okay. Um, So... I, I had been doing that since I was 17. I, I had met a guy who, you know, he, he really helped me with my golf game through fitness. <laughs> and uh, I was I was very interested in it. And um, from 17 to 26, that was most of my life, was just devoting to being the best in the world at that. And then at 26, I got voted top 50 in America as a golf fitness trainer. And I was like, man. This was awesome, but I feel like there's so much more out there in life. And now that I understand the principle of success through this process, I'm like, I think I can help a lot of other people do this. So I had been doing it kind of like, like even when I was 23, I had been like teaching people the top 10 rule and um, like, hey, like what are problems that you see out there? Okay, how would you go about solving them? So I'd always been like trying to like, start this personal development thing unofficially. Right. And uh, when that happened, I was like, okay, I need to start making this a commitment to help other people achieve their dreams. Because that was the loneliest day of my life when I got voted top 50 in America, which is what I had always wanted. It's like like I can relate so much to celebrities um, because – I know what that process feels like. You work so hard for something and then you're like, okay, that was it. (laughs) And, um, so like when a celebrity wins a a Grammy, it's like, okay, like I, I can relate to what that feels like. You know what I mean? Just on a totally different level. And, um, so I was like, okay, you know, I want to, I want to grow together with as many people as possible. And I didn't know how to do that. I just had an idea and a belief, kind of like what you were saying with a lot of the things that you've been doing. And um, so it really just, after that, that's when I started writing um, the book. Mm-hmm. started writing this, and I started pursuing this more and more. And then, and then I had a concert. I, I had a concert in uh, 2000. I, I may have actually skipped a year. But uh, anyway, somewhere around that realm, I had a concert, and that really took things off, and it, I split my fitness business and my personal development business, because originally, it was supposed to be an all-in-one. It was, supposed to be, it was supposed to be warm heart, fitness, and entertainment, and where we had a one of the best gym facilities in the world that at nights, it turned into a, a concert venue that had... Show, that showcased the top up-and-coming artists in the world. Right. <laughs> so the the idea was always behind growth, where you were showcasing the top artists in the world at this gym facility that turned into a concert venue. But then as things started to develop, I'm like, mm, maybe that's not what I wanted, especially after I had a concert. And uh, so once that concert happened, it kind of spring-shotted everything going forward with, hey, like this can be a personal development business. And then COVID really helped that take off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, COVID sucked, but it was a blessing for a lot of people. 
I think even for myself, you know, I've seen the, the most positive things and really force you to make something out of yourself and really people who, who had that type of mentality. Because I think that's something that like you said too that we also have in common as well as that. Ever since I was a little, ever since I was little, I don't know if it was my family put the idea in my head, but it was like, you know, you're meant for greatness. Mm-hmm. So I always tell myself, like, I'm meant for so much more. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know I'm meant for, like, a much bigger purpose. Even when you reach a certain plateau, like, you know, I'm meant for more. Like, I'm meant for more. And, like, as you were saying that, that, that story about, like, knowing what it's like or, like, you know, reaching that pinnacle and being like, now what? It made me think of, um, like, I was telling you, I got two little kids. Um, so I watch a whole bunch of like these Disney movies and stuff like that, which are huge lessons for adults as well when you really start to pay attention to them. Um, but I don't know if you've seen the movie Soul from Disney. No. Um, it's it's an incredible movie about like life in general, like what do you want to do and finding your purpose in life, which is a huge thing. There's so many different things in that. But it, it brought me to a story that happened at the end where she was telling him because he wanted to be a jazz musician. He wanted to be in a huge jazz band and he played this jazz and it was over and he was like, so what happens now? She's like, well, we come back tomorrow. And he's like, really? Like, that's it? And she says, you know, this reminds me of a story. You know, a little fish swims up to a big fish and says, hey, I'm looking for the ocean. And the fish is like, well, you are in the ocean. The little fish is like, well, no, this, this is just water. What I want is the ocean. You know, and it's like, God, you think, I'm like, wow. Like, as you said, that, I was trying to find out how that tied in. But now I understand what, what your story is. It's like, you know, you get to a certain point, you're like, now what? You know, you just feel like, what's left or what's my next purpose to do and what's going on. So that, that's, that's huge on how that ties in. And also back to, like you said, just having that mentality of wanting to do so much more. And I was um, like looking into on your website and like you start trying to grow people and stuff like that with the warm life, a um, warm heart life program and stuff. And I know like a little uh, tag that it says, you know, want to help 21 people reach 21 K a month. So how are we going about that or what inspired that idea? Yeah. So that's, that's been kind of the, the next growth phase. So, when when skip college read this came out you know what what happens you start reevaluating what's next what's next and i had pretty much mentored people for about a year year and a half to two years on refining this what's in this book and when that came out i started exploring like what's next what's next what's next and um i uh i went to i went to a conference in july or august and for about a year i had been doing one-on-one coaching with people um but i didn't have much of a vision i just knew i could help people execute on goals so i had about a year of experience with one-on-one coaching with about 10 people and i'd seen them the, the success people was having and i went to a conference and i had actually developed this goal of getting 21 people to $21,000 a month, but I was actually feeling stuck. And I was wondering why I was feeling stuck. And the guy who was having the conference, he said, um, (laughs) he said, (laughs) he said, a confused mind always leads to failure. And uh, because the same thing that happened with the golf fitness happened, I was like, man, I, I just don't think I'm thinking big enough. And he, he started breaking down numbers and he was like, you know, well, what if you did this? What if you did this? And, um, so anyways, I figured out how to break down a billion dollar business model to have 10 schools around the United States, uh, with 10,000 people each where people only go to school for a year instead of four years. And you actually work with the businesses in the area so that people can actually learn how to get a job and grow in that job throughout that year. 
And um, that's broken down into a bunch of different sub goals. And the next break point is to get 21 people to $21,000 a month. Um, because what I'm doing right now is I'm building up attention and credibility to prove that these concepts work. Right. And so this is how I'm doing it. And what I'm doing is you don't have to pay until you get to $21,000 a month. Everyone's like, well, why would you do that? Well, I have another business that I designed around this business. So my other business brings in the money I need to survive, to keep doing the things I want. And, um, and then I have this business that I'm growing on the side. And now it's starting to turn into where I basically have two full-time jobs. But I don't really mind it as much because the personal development business is uh, it's a bucket list business. <laughs> and it has started bringing in revenue now, which is very awesome. And eventually when the goal is by the end of next year to get 21 people there, and uh, it's all different types of businesses, I... I'm not going to act like I'm a master business coach. If you want to study the best business coach in the world, you should probably study Brandon Dawson. But it doesn't mean that you still can't work with me. Right. What I am is I I focus on business, but I'm an execution coach. I just don't put that on, on the internet because it's like, what, is, what does that mean? It's like I help people execute on goals. I help people develop clarity on what they want, and then I help them break that down. And then – we create an engaging scoring system and then we have a 20 minute phone call once a week for the accountability so that we can keep refining what's necessary. And what is that? That's a warm heart. It, it doesn't have to get overcomplicated. It's all based on the book, the four disciplines of execution. And it's something that when you start achieving goal after goal after goal, and you start seeing other people achieve goals, you're like, let's just keep this rolling. So, um, yeah, that's the goal to get 21 people at $21,000 a month, and then they'll pay me $1,000 a month, which means through that business, I'll also get $21,000 a month. And that's when we're actually going to hire two more people, and then we're going to focus on getting 100 people to $21,000 a month. And then once we get 100 people, we'll have all the credibility you could possibly need to start this school system which will be we'll work up to a thousand person school system. And the goal is to start that in Stanford, Connecticut, and then grow that into a 10,000 person school system. And then you multiply that into 10 schools in the top cities around the United States, Nashville, uh, you know, uh, Laguna Beach or that San Diego area, Texas, South Florida, um, Chicago, all, all these cities, and you have 10 of those universities, whether they're accredited or not, I don't know yet. That will come along the way. And, uh, but, it, but it actually all started before this goal. The first break point was to have an event that brought in $12,000 in revenue, and I actually had that on October 2nd. Nice. Congratulations. And w- which is how I got connected with Carl. And, um, yeah, you know. So it's just <laughs> no, it's a lot, and and I want to touch on something like you said too, like like I guess the the mentor, the person you spoke to, like a confused mind leads to failure, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that also kind of hit close to me too, because again, when I like before we started the show, like explain, like I want to do a podcast, like I didn't know what to do, and I'm all over the place, and you just don't really know what move to make, mm-hmm. and you get stuck and don't do anything, you know, and I found myself in that position for a while too, like where I'm just I don't know what to do, so I'm going to do nothing. Yep. You know, um, and, and, and I think part of that to help me gain that clarity is, like we said before, 
trial and error, just doing something, whatever it is, because if it doesn't work, like, like they said, you know, when, uh, when they were inventing the light bulb, you know what I mean? Like you've failed a thousand times. Like, no, I've just figured out a thousand ways not to do it. Yep. You know? So that's the kind of mentality that I'm trying to have now and going forward and, and really trying to make moves, make mistakes, learn, and, and, and always ask yourself that question. Like what's next to kind of force yourself to create a blueprint, to have a game plan or something that you need to do. And, and it, it's okay. Like Everyone goes through phases of their life where you take time to figure out what you want. Like, think about a pro athlete going into retirement. Like, I I watched Kobe Bryant throughout that whole process. I listened to the interviews, like, not every interview, but I tried to listen to what he was saying. And he talked about how he was in a process where he was trying to figure things out. And then he started to figure out, like, I don't want to be on TV. Like, I don't want to be doing, like, analyzing, like, basketball games. He's like, I want to be writing books where I can tell these stories that can impact thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And that's what he started doing. You know, before he passed away, he, he actually started um, doing little video series, mm-hmm. which actually brought the books to life. And then he had, he had books. And, um, but you, you, you hear in his interviews, if you listen to his past interviews, how much time he actually took to think about that. And uh, my mentor, Grant Cardone, says, if you don't have a job, your full-time job is to get a job. So if a, if a job is 40 hours a week, you should spend 40 hours a week on figuring out what job you want, on contacting people, on applying for jobs, on going to interviews, on networking events. So if you don't have a job, your job is to get a job. If you don't have clarity on what you want, your job is to get clarity on what you want. It's okay. You just have to take action, like you said, to develop that clarity. We will continue to go through phases of our life where we don't know exactly what we want. But if, you, you, if you're in that situation, your job is to take action to figure that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why so many people get stuck. And, and it's, it's also like you mentioned that too, um, because right before I was like in Arizona to, to visit my brother-in-law and stuff, and I just asked him, like, so what are you doing now? Like, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, you know, I was doing personal training and I haven't... F- done it in a while because I don't know if that's what I want to do and I'm just trying to see and all these things and I just looked at him and, and because I know it didn't have it for me and I was glad to be there I was like yo bro that's okay that's good yeah. I'm 35 and I just figured out what I want to do you know what I mean like I, it's it's all right you know and something that I've been in saying and kind of preaching to everybody is like the road to success is paved with the bricks of failure mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean like you gotta make those mistakes you gotta know and build and, and just try and just do different things because you don't know. Like when I grad, when I got out of school, I wanted to be I wanted to be a video game designer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, well, I don't go from video to the podcaster. You know, what I mean, like, yeah. and in that time between, I was, you know, I supervisor for real st- uh, for uh, retail stores. Um, you know, cleaning pools. Uh, you know, I've done so many different things. Working in a mailroom, like I've done so m- much different work to find out what I want to do. But I went out there and done those things and figure out what I did and didn't want to do, you know, because otherwise you won't, you won't know. Um, and, and, and I just want to ask, like, I know that like, you've been going in the other, you say, you now like training people and you also had a mentor now. So how did you know you were ready to go from mentee to mentor, you know, and how did that develop for you? How did that gain that confidence? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I felt like I had a lot of confidence when I got voted top 50 in America. Um, but even before that, when I was, when I was having my, my conference, my concert, concert, um, yeah, I have to think back. So 
So my concert in 2019 was the first time where I started actually being a, a full-time mentor because I thought like, oh, I needed interns. Really, it turns out I didn't need interns. Um, it turned out they needed me as a mentor. Right. Um, which they were, they were definitely very helpful, but, and they were incredible. And like the relationships that we developed, the experiences that we had were incredible. But what I started realizing was I wasn't the right person for them to work for, but they had committed to a eight week internship. So I was like, okay, well, I know I'm not the right person for them to work for just because right away I could tell. (laughs) Um, but what if I could mentor them and help them out so that they could find the right people to work for? Then maybe they would get the value out of this. Right. Um, so that was the first four people that, you know, I actually thought it was going to be an internship and it turned into like, okay, like I, I can mentor these people. So after that, um, I took like a, a little bit of a break and then quarantine hit. And uh, I was like, okay, I think I can do this program, but just call it a mentorship internship (laughs) instead of an internship. And uh, so I started it through Zoom, and I called it a mentorship internship. I was like, hey, this is what it is. And uh, it was a five-week program. And that's how it started, and then just kept it going, just kept it going. And I, I started to realize how much people actually needed just someone like me who was just helping people find a mentor. Right. <laughs> so, I yeah, I do mentor a lot, but the main thing I mentor is how to find your right mentor. <laughs> nice. So that that's basically what this whole book is and why I believe in it so much. Skip College Read This is, you know, we, tell, we teach you how to develop clarity on some things, you know, because that's something that you said, like, right. it's okay. Um, so that's what the whole first part of the book is, like, okay, you know, what interests you? What are the problems you see out there? What are you passionate about? What do people say you're good at? And then you combine that all, and then you start. we start teaching you how to actually um, study, find, and or find, study, and attract the people that you want, and then how to grow together with those people once you attract them in their, into your life. Well, definitely. Yeah. I definitely want to talk to you more after the show, stuff like that, because I've been, I want to find the right mentor for myself as well. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how to go about it, so I'm glad you brought that up and, and mentioned that. So we we are kind of winding down, man. So I got two last questions for you. So um, my first question is to you: What do you think has been the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received—that's a good one. You know, there's so many things that pop up in your mind, but it's uh, one thing that that really, really pops up is when you do more than you're paid eventually you'll be paid more than you do. And that is 100%. I mean, I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's so right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, what I started doing is I started uh, in college, I just started training people for free. (laughs) And uh, what most people don't see is like for about three years, I think I made like $3,000. And, but I started in college when everybody was like, like hoping that they would be set after college. I started in college. I was just like working for barely anything. I was like, man, if I could figure out what these people are doing by using my resources at school, my friends, you know, all this connections, I'm like, I think I could figure this stuff out. 
And uh, it's funny because after college, people started paying 100 to 150 an hour to work with me. Nice. You know, I didn't get all that at that time, but they were paying that to work with me because, because I was not focused on getting the money right away. I was focused on working to build up my craft, to build up my knowledge. Like I worked for two of the top fitness instructors in the world uh, before I even graduated college. <laughs> nice. And nice. both of them were were for free. No, and then that's a really good one too. Because I think I also put that uh, onto uh, to Dylan with this when we were sitting down and talking. Because like he said, you know, he's like, hey, um, you know, this is not going to be that. I'm going to come in here, be early, leave late, do what I got to do, whatever, and then you'll see about hiring me. And then it turned into a huge payday for him because again he was willing to do more than what he was paid for mm-hmm. um and people see that when you genuinely want to try and work and stuff like that they recognize that and you will get your payday eventually you know just grind that's 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 the thing people is that i've seen too of of recently is that people are scared to grind they want the instant gratification they want the big bucks now when you, know, you got to put in the work yeah you know you really got to put in the work um and to, to get that payday what you're looking for um so last thing is to then, you know, like looking back on, you know, everything that you've been through, all your different experiences and stuff like that, looking towards the younger generation, what is one piece of advice you would give to them? What's one piece of advice you would give? My, well, this has been an ongoing thing for myself is be you, you know, don't be afraid to be yourself. Cause that, that's one of the biggest things for me is that I've, I've, was so afraid to be who I really wanted to be or be who I am because of being criticized or being picked on or being teased and stuff like that, that it led me to years and years of depression and sadness because I was, like, I think the best thing that i seen too was from um, Jim Carrey, and, it said, and he says, depression is your body telling you it's sick of playing this character. You know, and, and I've never related to something so much so that is with even with my daughter, like especially with my daughter now, is I want her to be unique. Like when she's doing things that are kind of weird or zany or whatever people may think of it, do it, enjoy it, have fun, be yourself, and don't let anybody make you feel any certain way about it. That's one of the big things I tell my daughter too is that you are in control of your feelings. Don't let anyone make you sad, happy, mad, depressed, anything. It's all on you, you know, so... That would be my biggest thing that I say about is really be you because I struggle so much to find out who I was and to be me and be okay with that. Yeah. Well, I like that. So I guess the advice I would give would be since you you mentioned uh, a couple of people I really look up to, Martin Luther King and Gandhi, um, it's, it's the, my favorite writing I'll probably ever write in my life. I, I Maybe I'll change that. Maybe not. <laughs> but uh, it's just this poem I wrote. This is probably the best advice I can give is it's called Becoming Great, and it's got Martin Luther King and then Gandhi, and they're right next to each other on this picture. And then it's just a four-line poem. I thought I was good until I saw great. It was then when I understood what achieving my dreams would take. So what that means is, you know, you think you're really good at something. Like you, you think you're, who's your favorite podcast host? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Okay. <laughs> so you, you think you're getting, like you're getting a lot of positive momentum with this podcast. You're on episode 27, whatever you're on, you're getting, you're getting views from different countries and you really feel like you're getting like really good at this. 
But then you go to Joe Rogan's studio. You go to, you're in Texas, you're in the little, little, the new place he's got, and you just sit there. You're in the seat, you don't say a word. You just sit there for the entire day. And you start seeing how he interacts with the guests beforehand. You start seeing how the camera people interact with, with Joe and the guests. You start seeing how they set up the mic. You start seeing the questions that they ask in person. You start seeing the things that happen behind the scene. And you see great. You see the best in the world. Joe Rogan for the whole day. Now, since you saw that, you understand what you need to do to be great, to be the best. Um, so, And that's what that whole poem is. And that's the best advice I could give is strive to be great and learn from the greats no that that's definitely deep and i and i um was listening to uh this thing that steve harvey was saying too which kind of ties into that and he says you know just one time you know fly first class just do it once sit in those big seats and the drinks that are coming have all that space getting to be able to board on the first person the first one out relaxing the warm towels all that stuff and the next time you fly coach, you will do whatever it takes to get back into first class. And I think that's the same thing too. You know, you see what it takes, you see what it is, and you start to strive that and achieve. So I think that's very, very great advice, man. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me on. No, definitely, man. Well, thank you so much for being on here, man. I got really, really enjoyed having this conversation with you. I mean, it's been an honor. I definitely want to talk to you more, like you said, about finding the right mentor and talk more. So Thank you again, and thank you, everybody, for watching. As I always say, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, your big brother loves you. Stay blessed.